Um, <clears throat> but sometimes the Lord will say, okay, that's good, but that's going to be for another time. Um, I think today he's led us in another direction in this whole area of breaking strongholds of fear. Just hold on because I'm going to kind of enter. I just sense we're to go in another direction today. And um, <clears throat> did you have a word to share, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't rehearse our services. We let the, the Lord to, to, to um, organize and, and order our service. Amen? The breakthrough is here. He says, grab a hold and don't let go. He said, there is a shaking, but the shaking has been there for his church, for his body to get in the place that we need to be. And that is with him on his word, his promises. His word is yes and amen. So grab a hold of the breakthrough for it is here right now. And don't let go. And don't let the things around you shake you, but to stand faithful and true to him. Amen. The breakthrough is here. Because he is the God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, I did have something that I did want to share from the message. And it's a, it's a very short clip of a video. Maybe some of you saw it. It's been circulating 1973, and yet this is a word for us today. So let's just listen to this word from Billy Graham. Habakkuk said, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, I'm not going to tell you, Habakkuk, because if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> if God today told us what he's doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it. Don't you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. A timeless message that we need to have. Amen. And this is what we've been saying. Keep your eyes fixed on him, right? On his character. On him, the author and finisher of our faith. Have faith, yes. And we're hearing about the Word. Keep our eyes on the Word. Let the Word guide us. Check everything out with the Word. Now, our hearts are another thing. The Word can fall on hard hearts, stony hearts, weedy hearts, or fertile hearts. And so that's another thing we've been talking about through the repentance time. We've gone through lots of repentance over the holidays. And so we continue to say through this new year, keep checking your hearts. Keep submitting it 
to the Lord as we forge ahead every day. We do too, okay? Because everything you hear, you hear this, you hear that. But our faith and our eyes are fixed on God. We can hear this conspiracy. We can hear that news. And then you lose your way. But when your eyes are fixed on him, fixed on the word, and your heart is right with him, you have fertile soil, and then you know the way to go, to forge ahead, and to move. And when you don't know which way to go, what do you do? You stand. You stand on the rock. You stand on the word. And that's where we're at. <laughs> Amen. And I'm just reminded of the words of Yeshua and John 14 and, and many other places. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm... I'm I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. So that there, so where I am, you may be also. And you know that the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Yeshua said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We need to be focusing on him. And I just want to read some scriptures today. That's what I feel that the Lord has for us today. In Romans chapter 12. You've heard me teach on this many times before, but I really believe this is relevant. And this is so important for, for us today. The previous chapters, Paul lays out God's plans for the last days, including the salvation of Israel. And that Israel, it'll be like life from the dead when they say, yes, he is Messiah. And he, and he lays it all out. And, that he, you know, and then Paul lays out in Romans 11 about the Gentiles causing, making the Jews jealous for their Messiah. And then he starts this chapter and he says, I urge you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices. What are we to do in these days? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. What does that mean? Set apart. God has called us out of Babylon. He's called us out of a system. And I don't know if you remember, but a few months ago, it was last year, and I really sensed from the Lord that there are two main anti-Messiah spirits in working in the world. There's a lot of anti-Messiah spirits. But the two major ones, the spirit of Jezebel and the spirit of Leviathan. Jezebel, to tear down, to rip off, to steal the true prophetic word, to demasculate, to basically be, bring lies into the body of Messiah. Jezebel. Leviathan, twisting words, twisting truth. What have we been witnessing over the last many, many weeks and months? A twisting of God's word. And even the, tr the prophetic being misunderstood. 
But there's been a lot of true prophetic. But yet, with all that's gone on, many people are despising the prophetic right now. And that shouldn't be. We need to be careful because God is speaking. There are prophets who are seeing into heaven and seeing what God is doing, and he's, they're proclaiming it on planet Earth today. But we, we can't fall into this thing of, of doubting everything. And I'm a skeptic by nature, okay? And yet, God has been teaching me to live and walk by faith, to believe things that may not be, but to believe as though they are, okay? That doesn't mean believe everything we read or hear. We need to use discernment. God has given us his spirit. His spirit is living in us. That's what it means to, to um, present our whole bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, set apart to God's purposes. And then he goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world. There's a lot of conforming to this world. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of division out there. And guess what? We're fueling into that if we go by the same spirit. But don't be conformed to the ways of the world. Don't be conformed to the spirits of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? In the word of God. Applying the word of God by the spirit of God into our lives. Eating the word. And this is what I want, really want us to get into because this is so... And I want to read these words that Yeshua spoke in John chapter 6 powerful words. When he spoke those words, most of the people that were listening didn't get it. Matter of fact, it says they walked away because it was a hard teaching. But I really believe this is a word for today in John chapter 6. <clears throat> He's having these discussions, this dialogue, debate with the Torah teachers, the scholars, the Pharisees. And he's really bringing it down. He's really bringing it down to the most important things. In John chapter 6, and let's start in um, verse 52. And I know that I gave you those scriptures, Mike. I gave you from 55 on. If you want to find it, it's, jo it's John 6, starting in verse 52. It says, Then the Jews began arguing with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Okay. Is this about cannibalism or anything like that? You see, that's what they're thinking. That's what their, their, their secular, their earthly minds are thinking. How can we eat his flesh and drink his blood? So Yeshua said to them, amen, amen, or so be it, so be it, emunah, so be it by faith. I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. You stop right there. True life is eating his flesh, taking every part of him into us, and his blood, his, his very word, his very life is our sustenance. It has to be our everything. Taking that in. Unless we do that, there's no life in us. We might think we have life, you remember I shared a, a while back all the arguing and all the debating over the last year and all the craziness and what I saw, and I saw this on social media, there was a, you know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's the knowledge of good and evil, knowing good from evil, knowing things, knowledge puffed up, but knowledge puffs up. 
But then there's also the tree of life in the midst of the garden. And you can't eat from both trees. You can only eat from one tree to really have life. And so there's a lot of knowledge of good and evil going around. There's a lot of, lot of knowledge of all kinds of things going around. But we are to eat from the tree of life, which is the very life, the bread of heaven come down, his person in the person of Yeshua, but also to drink his blood and to trust in his, his blood is more power. I'm not talking literally drinking blood. Y'all know that. Y'all know that. I'm not advocating, you know, drinking, you know, blood and, and things like that. But the, it's the life source of Yeshua, and it's now living in us. It's flowing through our veins. It's flowing through our veins. So let me read on. It says, he who eats in my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. No, I, I skipped a verse. Okay. He who eats my flesh, eats my flesh, and this is verse 54. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. It's not saying those who go to congregation every Shabbat, who are faithful to this or faithful to that, will have everlasting life, but drink his blood and eat his flesh. Those are the ones that will have eternal life. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, Yeshua did nothing, said nothing, without it coming from the Father first. There was such unity, echad there. There was a oneness there. And he's calling us into that same oneness. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread your fathers ate and then, and then, ate and then died. He who eats this bread will live forever. He said th these things while teaching at the synagogue in Capernaum. So when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this is a hard teaching. Who can listen to it? But Yeshua knew his disciples were murmuring, so he said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man going back up to the place where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no benefit. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. That's why it is so crucial for us to understand what God is speaking in this hour their spirit, and their life. There's a lot of other words out there, and they sound really good, but a lot of them are coming out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They're not necessarily coming from the tree of life. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, verse 64. Yet some of you do not trust. Yeshua knew from the beginning who were the ones who did not trust as well as which ones would betray him? Then he said to them, For this reason I've told you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. Verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples left and quit walking with him. So Yeshua said to the twelve, You don't want to leave also, do you? And I love Simon Peter's answer. It's an answer out of desperation. He really begins to get it. Simon Peter answers, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where, where, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have trusted and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Do we know the Holy One of God? 
We have to know him during these tough times that we're in. He is the rock, as we said. He is the rock. And it's by his word that we're being led. What are we being led by? Are we being led by fear? Are we being led by other emotions? Because they will draw you to go all way out there, all over the place. But going back to what Yeshua said, do not be troubled. Do not fear. Trust in the Father. Trust also in me. This is what God is speaking to us in these days. I said at the beginning of the service, I believe that the Lord is calling us into these next five days, intense prayer and intercession for this nation and for the nations, for, for God's purpose. For God's, how about this? God's purpose is to be fulfilled in this nation and in the nations. Because he's not just working here alone. He's working his plans all over. We were just reading this morning, you know, out of Ezekiel 38 and 39. There's an incredible passage of scriptures about those who are coming against Israel. And we see today alliances being, coming to, coming into fruition and we have to look and say, wait, wait a minute, God spoke that that was going to happen. These alliances are coming, so things are being set in motion. And that's why we can't focus on this shiny object over here, or this theory over there, or this, what this guy says over here. What is God saying? And asking for specific instructions for him. The Lord led us last year to go to the Capitol every week and pray and to intercede for the state, for, our, for the body of Messiah, for the nation. And you know, I even, and I went to the return in September, and you know what? I just came back and I said, wow, I, I know that this nation has changed and things are going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. And I was convinced of that. It didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. I'm still asking why. I'm not angry at God. I'm not disappointed in him. I'm disappointed in how things came out. But I'm, but I'm going, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? And I believe like what Billy Graham says, if he was to tell us everything he was doing, we wouldn't believe it anyways. But I just really sense that God is doing some incredible things. We're not seeing it all, but he will give us glimpses. He will give us revelation. He will give us impartation of what he's doing and we're to be part of it. He's doing the work on earth, but he's calling us to be partners with it. Just like Moses, when I shared in Exodus 14, he comes to, I would say a crossroads, but there's a wall in front of him. It's called the Red Sea. And he's got the Egyptians in back of him. And they're crying out to God, God, God. And he says, and God says, why are you crying to me? You have what you need. What you lift it up and you do it. God is saying to us, we all have something that he's going to use in these days. Amen? You have something to add to this. I know you do. Yes, I do. And like, uh, like Rabbi Stu said, we are partnering with him. But we can partner to overcome evil with good, right? But just like the disciples... We murmured, Ooh. and the outcome wasn't good. We didn't feel good, didn't make us joyful, <laughs> we, you know. And so 
with the word, we go back to the word, and then the word encourages us. And But we have the word in here. It's written on our hearts. And our words create. What we speak, it creates. What does it create? Life or death. So a good example of that is when somebody speaks about you and says something negative and you hear about it, doesn't it hurt your feelings? Right? So it created pain. When they speak good about you and they affirm you, doesn't it make you feel good? Yes. So our words create. And what are we doing in the meantime as we are partnering with God? We are creating. We can create faith or we can create unbelief and skepticism as we keep our eyes focused on him and on the truth and not all the stuff going on around us and speaking those things, then we are creating good to overcome any evil that is going on. And we are being light in the midst of darkness. And we are creating light and we are creating good things. We are creating love, right, instead of hate. We can love those who hate us, right? So um, let's partner with God as the body, as part of his body in a good way and be a good influence even though there's cancel culture and all that stuff going on out there even though my skin's a different color than other people's skin. Um, you know, I'm going to walk as a child of God and uphold my head and know who I am in Him and walk with the joy of the Lord in me and love others even though they may not treat me in the way that I would love to be treated. Um, anyway, this is where we've come through our vacation in Florida <laughs> and processing through this whole thing. And you know what I found out also is we have a, a tremendous opportunity right now. Yeah, thank you, Millie. Stand, stand with me. I just, we, this is, I kind of want to bring things to it. We have a tremendous opportunity with all that's going on. There's a lot of people who are feeling lost, confused, yes, angry, and they're crying out for answers. We have the answer. His name is Yeshua. His name is Yeshua. And where people are fearful about their futures, we have an opportunity to bless. Because God is all about blessing. It's all, he's all about blessing. We have an opportunity to share the love of Yeshua to other people. We even had opportunities. 
It's amazing. We were walking, we'd go into a restaurant or we'd be walking down the street. Young people, older people were talking about all the craziness that was going on in Washington. Everybody was talking about things. What a great opportunity. What a great segue into, yeah, but God, but God. And we sense that there's an openness that we've never experienced before. Now, you may not see it on the surface, but it's there because people have lost their way. And when people have lost their way, they're crying out for somebody to help them. And we don't know the way, but we know the person who is the way. His name is Yeshua. We don't know the truth, but we know the person who is the truth. And because he is the truth, we know the truth because the truth lives in us. And he is the way, the truth. And you know what? It's his life. I was at a place 42 years ago where I was just at the end of everything. I was at the end of myself, and that's a good place to be. When people are at the end of themselves, they're open for the solutions, the ancient paths that we have. We have an opportunity to share God's love. And I don't mean just beating people over the head with scriptures. I mean just coming alongside and saying, I understand, but can I tell you about the Messiah? Can I tell you about this person? His name is Yeshua. Or if they wouldn't understand that, his name is Jesus. And this is what he did for me. And he can do that for you because he's no respecter of persons. We have a great opportunity to be a witness. And I really believe in this day, 2021 is going to be a year of harvest, great harvest. I'm talking about people that are lost, going to be saved. People who need I want to see miracles. There's going to be a harvest of miracles this this year, I believe. Because people are at a point, they don't believe the institutions anymore. They don't believe their government officials, their leaders anymore. They don't believe the media, for sure. There's all kinds of stuff going on. So when this is the truth, and it's never changed in thousands of years, it's still the same. He's still the same God. So I really believe we have great opportunity. Amen? We have great opportunity in these days to share our faith. David, God's going to open up doors for you. And I know that this is, you know, I should have, I could have shared with that person. I could, God's going to open up. People are going to come to you and say, how do I walk in these days? What do I do? And people, you're going to have answers that because God's going to give you the words to say. You don't know the words to say now, but when it happens, he will give you the words to speak. And that's true with all of us. Because, you know, we, we argue ourselves out of witnessing about the Lord. Oh, they're not going to listen. They're so focused on this. They're not going to do that. Look how they're dressed. Look what they're, they're not going to. And then we just talked ourselves out of it. Instead of going alongside and say, you know what? I met this incredible person. And he's, he wants to meet you. He wants to have an encounter with you. So we can do that. Amen? Let's just close in a time of affirmation and worship. Shabbat is God invites us to rest with him and put our focus on him and to to worship him. And worship, as I've said many times, is warfare. Worship is, is a surrendering of ourselves. Worship is a Galatians 2.20 where it says, I am crucified with Messiah. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Messiah in me. And the life that I live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Worship is an opportunity to walk in that crucified life. So let's close with this time of worship.